All right. Good evening, Abundant Life Church family. We're so glad that you have this opportunity to join us tonight via the live stream. You know, this is a different situation, a different way to hold church, but I know I am so grateful that we live in a day and a time with technology, with the ability to still communicate um, as a church family in this way. So I'm so grateful for all of you that have decided tonight to still make time, set time apart um, to to gather online on Facebook and everywhere else that this will be posted and join with us as we get into the word, as we make time set apart, set aside for study, for worship, for prayer. Um, I just, I find this so valuable and I'm so grateful that all of you have decided to come along and join us tonight um, as we do this for the first time. Um, of course, give you some information um, tonight about how we're proceeding. This is kind of a, a trial run of this setup of how we're going to be doing church for the next couple of weeks or at least until we hear otherwise. Um, this is a new thing. We're, we're trying it out. We're coming in and figuring out what's going to work best, what's going to uh, be the best way for us to still have church. And so uh, we appreciate you coming and joining us tonight on, on this first live stream that's uh, approaching our services this way. Um, I did have a couple of notes tonight um, we are going we're, we're gonna to talk tonight about this situation, about COVID-19, about our church's response. And I want to talk to you specifically tonight about what you can do spiritually to respond to this situation. You know, we are not without hope. We're not without a response plan. Um, our church, obviously, we've had communication out the last couple of days and we've been taking action in the natural um, to counteract this virus. But I find it so encouraging that we're part of a faith, part of a belief, and part of a family, part of a kingdom that can respond spiritually as well as naturally to things. You know, uh, Brother Hagen, actually I think it was Pastor Hagen, um, founder of, of Rama Bible Training College where I went to Bible college, he has this saying, it's the natural and the supernatural coming together to make an explosive force for God. And so tonight, that's one of the things we're doing. We are taking physical action, natural action, and together tonight we're taking spiritual action to be a supernatural force for God in this world and I believe that as a result of that people are going to come to know our king people are going to come to love and worship Jesus Christ they're going to call out on his name as we all have and, and join our family and our kingdom that is the kingdom of God and so tonight we'll be talking to that situation but I did also want to mention that we are going to continue in these services um, going along with regular uh, planned ministry. You know, I, I believe it's important that we don't let this natural circumstance completely uh, derail the, the route we were going with ministry. Um, so just, just so you know where we're headed, I told you this last week that I, I had intended to continue on in our series, I Am the Instrument, on Sunday mornings, and I have every intention of continuing to do that. Um, I think it's important that we don't just take the next two weeks, three weeks, the next month, and just talk about coronavirus that whole time. You know, I believe that when we glorify the name of Jesus and we speak out the name and the hope in the name that is above every other name, we are bringing glory to God and we are taking glory away 
from what the enemy had intended to steal God's glory. And so we're not going to be talking about coronavirus every single week and every single service for the next duration of this season. Um, tonight we're going to talk about it and we're going to get an action plan spiritually so that we can take appropriate action. But then we're going to continue on ministering. We're going to continue equipping you, the saints, for the work of the ministry. We're going to continue worshiping and studying God's word as a church family and not just be totally sidetracked by coronavirus. So that's just a word to the direction that we're heading. You know, I believe that this time, I said this in our communication yesterday, I believe this is an exciting time. I think it's an opportunity where we can just show the creative power of God. We can show the world what God and his church are really capable of. We don't have to look at this, this uh, virus and this season of restriction as an oppression. Instead, I do believe we can look at it as an opportunity to build God's kingdom and show people the hope and the faith that is within us. If you agree with me, then I just want you to thank God and say, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you that we are not limited just by natural understanding or natural bounds, Lord. You are a supernatural God, and you do things in ways that we don't even always understand, Lord. I thank you that you are capable of working every situation out for good and for the glory of your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, one last thing before we get into the word tonight. I wanted to, ju to just say, um, if you have any questions or, or you're confused or you want more information about anything that's going on or our church's response plan to this in, in the physical way, um, then I would just like to encourage you to reach out to our church office. Uh, the cell phone or the number for that is 515-386-8347 or you can email us at almjefferson at meme.com and uh, we'll be very responsive. We've begun reaching out to everybody in our church family today. Today. Um, if, if we do miss you, if you don't hear from us, then uh, I certainly want to be able to be in contact with you and talk with you. So reach out if you don't hear from us or if you have any questions. Um, we are available to answer those and to be talking and praying and believing with you through this time. So with that all said, I'm excited tonight to get to our spiritual action plan. Now we have, we have a physical response to this virus and everything that's going on, but there's a spiritual response that I believe um, God has written out in his word and plan for all of us to take part in. If you would join me tonight and go to Colossians 4, we're going to look at verses 2 through 6, and I'm going to read tonight out of the New Living Translation, at least for this verse I will, and that's Colossians 4 verses 2 through 6. So I'm going to go ahead and read those. This is what it says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be grace, gracious and attractive. Another translation says, seasoned with salt so that you will have the right response for everyone. And as I read that this afternoon in preparing for tonight, I thought, what an accurate, what a timely word for today. We have a response. What can we do to coronavirus? What can we do if we're in our homes, if, if we have our schedule mixed up, if we're limited in our physical response, what can we do? 
Well, right here, we have the spiritual action plan to take. And it is to devote ourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And then uh, the word goes on to expound on that and give us some more instruction. That's what I want to cover tonight. I believe that this, this is a scripture that, that carries weight and, and priority in this time for a couple of reasons. I believe that our actions and our inactions, our prayers and our lack of prayer in this time are going to affect our world right now. You know, prayer, it, it, and especially prayer founded in the Word of God, it is actionable. It is, it is not void. God will fulfill His Word. And so when we pray that Word out, we are giving power and an, an, an opportunity and an agreement in faith for God to come in and work in the situation. It's an invitation for God to come in and do what only He can do. And so our world right now, if you don't know it, needs prayer. Our world needs prayer right now. Our country needs prayer right now. We as individuals, we as a church, we need prayer right now. And so I believe as we make the choice to do what Colossians 4 says and devote ourselves to a time of prayer, we will see the, the payoff from that spiritual action response. I believe the second reason that this is so important right now is that our prayers, our actions, and our inactions in this time will affect eternity for people. You know, we've just spoken to how our prayers and, and what we do right now is going to affect our current situation, but we have an eternity before us. We have a forever that will either be spent with God in heaven or, or down in hell away from Him. And our actions, our prayers today are going to have an effect and a result on that eternity for people. And so I find it so weighty and so important that we uh, abide by the instruction given in Colossians 4. We pray, we use wisdom. Um, it, it goes on and says, live wisely. Let your conversations be gracious and attractive. I think all of these things, our prayers, wise living, and our conversations being um, gracious are all three things that will contribute to our situation right now and also help people get to an eternity with God in heaven. And I want both of those things. I want God's power for right here and right now. And I want to see people join us in heaven for eternity. Amen. And so more than ever, I believe this scripture is, is just so relevant for today. You know, prayer in the name of Jesus is power. A scripture I wanted to reference for that is Revelation 12, 11. It says, and they overcame him. That's talking about the enemy. They overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. See, this testimony it's talking about is you and I coming into relationship with Jesus, getting access to everything Jesus bought on the cross, having the ability to speak out Jesus' name, confess his power over anything that's going on in the world right here and right now. My current situation is nothing compared to the blood of Jesus and the power that is in his name. So the word of my testimony is the word that my life has been changed. I have been changed by Jesus Christ and I now have access to the power of the kingdom of God because I am his child. I am an inheritor in that kingdom. And so I believe Revelation 12, 11, that prayer in the name of Jesus is a prayer of power. 
And so as we pray out in Jesus' name, I have an expectation that that power of his name will have an effect. My spiritual action plan of praying, of, of being wise in, in the way I live and, and having conversations that are gracious, I have an expectation that there will be powerful results based on those decisions to abide by Colossians 4. And so the testimony, I have a couple of scriptures just to reference that, to give you encouragement in the testimony that you and I have in Christ Romans 8, 31, it says, if God is for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. That's a good testimony that there is no one that can stand up against Jesus Christ when he is with me and he is with me. And then the other one I wanted to reference is Philippians 4, 13. A, a familiar scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have been strengthened for every situation by Christ. There is power in the strengthening that comes in the name of Jesus. That's my testimony. My testimony is one that no foe, no enemy, no virus can stand against me because Jesus is greater. His name is greater. His blood is greater than all of those things. And two, I've been strengthened to get through every situation. God has given me the strength to get through this time. God has given you the strength to get through this time. Hallelujah. Aren't you happy for that? Amen. And so further on, continuing in Colossians 4, after we talk about devote yourselves to prayer... We get a couple of instructions in the way that we're supposed to pray. I hope, I hope by now you see it is important to pray. There is weight that comes with prayer. There is action and power that comes with prayer. Well, we are given a couple of instructions here in verse 2 about how to pray. What does it say? Pray with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray with an alert mind and a thankful heart. You know, I was thinking about, you know, what, what is so important about praying with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And I just thought about, you know, how, you know, really prayer is a, it's a conversation many times with God. It's speaking to God, asking God. It's going before God and speaking to him. When you're praying with a group of people, there is communication among you all to our Father in heaven in the name of Jesus. And I'm just thinking about my own communication with people. And what I realize is I have always communicated much better with people when I'm coming from a place of vigilance and a place of thanks rather than a place of panic. Is that true for anybody else tonight? That you communicate better, you talk better, you think better when you're not panicked. You know, I was just thinking about like the foot in mouth kind of thing. You know, like, have you ever had a, a situation like that where you just really stuck your foot in your mouth? What it reminded me of is, is if you watch uh, kind of movies like the, you know, like the rom romantic comedy movies, those kinds of things, a lot of times there will be like a flashback to when a, a young boy in middle school or some age like that realizes he likes girls and this girl comes up and talks to him and she says hey I like you and he just goes uh stutters and he doesn't know what to say he's in a panic well I think sometimes we can get that way with our prayer life too where if we're coming to God in a panic and we just say oh I don't know what to say right now that's not what God wants for us and the good news is this he has given us the instruction. He has given us the very words to pray. Not only does he come through and put power behind our prayers in the name of Jesus, but he also instructs us in how we are supposed to pray. Right here in Colossians, Paul writes a number of different things that we ought to be praying for. And 
I have some other scriptures I want to share with you tonight about things that we ought to be praying for. And so I just want you to be encouraged tonight. We don't have to pray from a place of panic. We can pray from a place of knowing the word of God and knowing God's heart, his promise, his intention for us, and knowing, having a secure confidence and an expectant hope that it's going to happen. Because when we base our prayers on the word of God and his promises, we can have a confidence to know that they will be fulfilled. Amen. And so a couple of of prayers or things to pray for. Um, The first thing I wanted to say is this, your situation, your situation, your health, your needs, your household, your family, These are all things that I believe God wants us to be praying for, especially in this time where, you know, there is the potential that some of these things could be compromised by an attack of the enemy. Well, when we pray the word of God and we confess his promises, we're protected because the word of God trumps anything that the devil might try to do. So let me give you a couple scriptures that we can stand on when it comes to praying for our situation. The first is Ephesians 6 verse 18. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now that word supplication is talking about a a prayer requesting God's supply. It's kind of like, You know, God, I I am confident and I know that you have the supply I need and I'm asking you for it right now. And we can do that because God told us in the word right here in Ephesians, pray always with all prayer and supplication. Pray this prayer of supplication. I have this. This is what God is saying. I have the supply. Ask me for it. He says, request it of me. He's a good father. He gives good and perfect gifts to his children. And so as we ask of his supply, whether that be for health, for needs, for our house or our family, God is faithful to give of his supply. And then the second scripture I look to is Isaiah 54, 17. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Man, that's good news. No weapon formed against us will prosper. No attack of the enemy will succeed. Because our God has given us a heritage. He says, this is the heritage for the servants of the Lord. Their righteousness is from me. You know our righteousness does come from the Lord and the the price he paid on the cross. Well, our heritage here is that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. You know, when, when I think about heritage left to people, what, what those that go before leave for those that come after them. That's, that's essentially what a heritage is. It so encourages me that what Jesus did is he went on and made it so that no attack of the enemy could succeed against the people that come after Christ. The people that come in Christ's wake with his inheritance, with his heritage, with a relationship to him. Well, friends, church family, we are possessors of that heritage. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That is the word of God. And as we pray for God's supply of protection and victory over every attack of the enemy, we can have confidence to know that the word, the promise of God is true. Amen. And so we have things to pray for. Some other things mentioned here in Colossians that I'd encourage and ask you all to pray for during this time 
are the church. This is discussed here in this verse in Colossians. Um, he says, pray for us too. He's, he's talking about the church. He says, pray for us too and pray that God will give us, the church, opportunities. You know, you are part of the church. And so as we pray for the church, I do want you to be praying for your church family that, that is, you know, either out in their home or out in the workplace or here at, at the church building. Um, but I also want you to take ownership of that prayer and say, I'm praying that me as the church, I'm going to have opportunities to share the gospel. I'm going to have opportunities to, to share my hope with people during this time where many are without hope. I pray that there will be opportunities to minister and I pray that the church will continue to have opportunity. And then uh, the third thing mentioned here well, he says, uh, Paul writes and says, pray that I will proclaim this message clearly. You know, he's asking the people to pray for their pastor. He's asking the people to pray for <clears throat> the leaders. And so I would ask that of you tonight as well. Um, we're going through a time where many decisions have to be made, where um, many choices and, and even direction has to be set. And so I would ask that you as my church family would pray for me as we make decisions. Pray for our elder board as we make decisions. Pray as we talked on Sunday for the leadership of our country, um, for our president, for our governor, even for local. Um, authorities and governances. Pray for these people that are making decisions and pray that we all would communicate the message clearly. Not only the message of instruction, but I, I, I would ask that you pray that during this time especially, I believe as many people are going to be listening for a message of hope, that I would be able to proclaim the message of hope effectively and clearly so that many people could come to know the Jesus Christ that I love and worship. Amen. And so pray. Pray for these things. Pray for your situation. Pray for our church, you included. Pray for those opportunities to minister. And pray, pray for your leaders and your pastor. Um, the next thing discussed in this passage in Colossians is about wise living. It says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. You know, this is something we talked about on Sunday. Um, we discussed wise living and asking the Lord for wisdom in these times. One of the things I mentioned uh, during the sermon on Sunday was that faith is not foolish or reckless in, in its manifestation. To have faith doesn't mean that I have to, you know, just make, make bad choices. That's not necessarily faith. That could just be you making bad choices. I believe that faith operates in conjunction with wisdom. We can have both faith and wisdom at the same time. I believe if we look at the life of Jesus, we see someone who lived a life of both faith and wisdom. You know, one um, passage of scripture I wanted to share Sunday and I didn't get to it, ran out of time, was in Mark 4 when uh, the disciples were going across the sea on a, on a boat and a storm came and the boat was rocking and, and they were scared. They were full of fear and Jesus was sleeping <laughs> and he came out and he said, oh, why don't you have any faith you know and then he quiets the storm calms it all down and they continue on their journey across the sea well I just was thinking about how Jesus was reacting in that moment you know he wasn't scared he wasn't stirred up he wasn't fearful he was he was totally confident and totally full of faith that God would get them um, across the sea to their next destination they would get through that season onto what was ahead but Jesus also wasn't hanging off the side of the boat or on the back trying to like water ski across the Sea of Galilee. I mean, he was using wisdom. He was in the boat. He was secure. And so I think, you know, we can even take 
that kind of, of, of history of Jesus and the way he lived as a precedent for us. You know, we, we don't have to be out doing things that don't make any sense. You know, we can live with faith and wisdom both at the same time. Uh, James 1 verse 5, a scripture we talked about Sunday, says that God will give liberally wisdom to those who ask him for it. So one of the things we can be praying for is wisdom during this time, that we would know how we can confidently stay secure in our boat during the storm, in faith, but not be making choices that just don't make any sense. We can have the wisdom of God through this situation while we also live in faith. And so when we operate in godly wisdom, what I see here in, in Colossians 4 is that when we operate in godly wisdom, not only does it keep us and protect us, but it is attractive to the world. You know, he's talking here about, he talks about prayer. Paul writes about pray for these reasons. And then he says, live wisely and let your conversation be gracious. These are kind of the next two points he discusses. And at the end of it, he says, so that you will have the right response to everyone and so that you will make the most of every opportunity. You know, I think about the way we live in a world that is many times void of God's wisdom. You know, a lot of people don't seek God for uh, wisdom or for counsel, but we do. Well, I think godly wisdom many times is going to make sense. And I do believe that as we seek God for wisdom, people are going to see that wisdom in action. You know, I think about King Solomon in the Old Testament. He was a wise man who did great and amazing things. And other countries looked to Solomon at that time operating in God's wisdom and they wanted what he had. You know, the way we live in faith and wisdom should make other people, other people in the world who don't know Jesus, who don't know the wisdom of God, who don't know faith in Christ, they should see us and they should want what we have. I really believe that. And I believe as we live in example of wisdom in conjunction with faith, people are going to see us and say, wow, whatever they've got, I want it because that makes sense and, and it works. And we know this, our God works. His wisdom, our faith in him, our confidence and hope, it works. And so I believe that as we live in wisdom and faith, both of these paired together, people are going to be attracted to the gospel and attracted to Jesus. What might it look like to live in wisdom. You know, um, we are going to talk more about prayer in a second, but right now I just want to make a couple of comments as, as I was putting some thoughts together um, this afternoon about what wise living might look like in this time. Here are a few things I thought. Um, not living in denial of circumstances is one thing that I believe is wisdom. Um, you know, I think it is important that I mean, we're, we're honest about the fact that there really is a virus out there. I mean, we, we don't need to just bury our head in the sand and say none of this is really happening and, and go into denial. I mean, wisdom deals with reality. And so we can know what's really happening out there. But I will say this, the faith part of that is that no matter what the circumstances are, we are always in faith that we are receiving God's promise. So if, if I were to get... COVID-19, this like tonight, we would make adjustments to how services are done. I would either be streaming from my house where no other people are at because we do have a media team here with us in the church tonight, or I would have somebody else step in and preach during that time. I, I wouldn't be um, in denial about what's really happening, but what I would be in faith about is that I'm receiving healing in the name of Jesus. Whether I see it in my body physically working right now or not, I know it was purchased on the cross when Jesus died and bled. And so I know that it is coming to me and I am in the place of reception to it. So wisdom and, and reality don't negate or, or take away from what we've received by faith. But wisdom operates, you know, both in reality.
morality and in the spiritual truth. And so we need to be wise in the decisions we make, both having an expectation of receiving God's promises for us, but also living in the real world and, and in the real circumstances that we are currently facing. And you know, as we face and encounter these real world circumstances, we can apply prayer and we can apply the power of God. You know, if, if we weren't living in um, reality, if, if we were in a place of denial, which would not be wisdom, we wouldn't be able to pray for anything because we would act like nothing's really happening. And so I think it's important that we have a firm grasp of reality and that we navigate um, life and decisions and circumstances with the wisdom of of God, which he will liberally give us if we ask. The second thing I thought of how this might look to live in faith and wisdom paired together is to do practical things to protect yourself from the illness. You know, we said Sunday, um, I don't need to make it any harder for God to keep me healthy. There's no reason to go out and, and try to prove a point. I mean, that would be like Jesus up on top of the boat just saying, look at what, look at, look at what I can do and still be healthy or still be in the boat. I mean, it, it's just unnecessary to try to prove a point that I can do all these things. I can go out and get, you know, coughed on by people that have, have an illness right now and I'm not going to get sick. Well, obviously that wouldn't be wise. Um, what I believe wisdom looks like is taking measures to protect myself from illness, to keep myself away from illness in any way that I can. So that means things like washing my hands. That means things like coughing into my arm. It means things like, you know, not getting together with people that have been sick recently. I mean, there are things we can do to just protect ourselves in natural ways. And I believe that's part of living as a the life of wisdom. And I think that's something that people in the world can respect too. I mean, uh, it's, it's amazing to hear testimonies of people who go through natural situations that should have made them sick, but because of, of faith and because of the power of God, they don't get sick. But you know, I don't know of too many testimonies where somebody's going out like trying to get sick and then they don't get sick. You know, I think wisdom and faith work in conjunction. They work together. And so we want to use both during this time. And then the third thing I wanted to say is um, what it looks like to live in faith and wisdom is to both offer and ask for help during this time. If you need help from your church, from your church body, it's wise to ask. You know, we are the hands and feet of Jesus, and I believe that Jesus has the, the provision, the supply for every need. One of the ways he, he might want to meet your need is through a local church, through his body on the earth. And so um, it's important to pray. Pray and ask him. Talk to us, and if you feel led to help in this way, to help uh, support someone else, well then be the church, be the body of Christ, be his hands and feet and do that. I think these are ways we live in faith and wisdom together. And I believe that these are the kind of, of ways of living that take opportunities and show the gospel to the world. You know, I've been saying that in our other communications we've sent out. This is such a great opportunity to be the body of Christ and to bring hope to a world that doesn't have a whole lot right now. And so we want to live a life of wisdom. And then the last point I wanted to mention is gracious conversation. You know, this is kind of at the end of, of uh, verse 6. It says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. You know, as I think about conversations and the way we talk about the natural things going on in the world today, 
Our conversations are bringing life or they're bringing death into those, uh, con- well, into the conversations, into those interactions, and into the situations. You know, I've just, I've thought about, a, a lot about our witness during this moment in time. I've thought a lot about the light we can shine to the world during this time, that opportunity that I was talking about a second ago. And I think in our conversations, I think this is going to be one area where we either make leaps and bounds to win people to the Lord, or we do a serious disservice to what people think about Jesus Christ. You know, the way we talk about the way this is handled, the way we talk about leadership and the choices that country and other leaders make, um, you know, the way we talk about the public and people's reactions, as we express maybe some of the things we're thinking or some of the things we're feeling, when we're having these conversations that are not gracious, like the word says, and attractive, like the word says, you know, I I think doing those conversations the wrong way can really damage the way people view Christians. I mean, if all people hear about during this time is Christians saying, oh, this is, this is ridiculous. And this is, you know, just crazy. And this is uh, an overreaction or an underreaction, or I can't believe this. I can't believe that. I think that is going to give people a wrong idea of who Jesus Christ is. You know, I think about what, you know, there's the old saying, what would Jesus do? Well, what would Jesus say? What would Jesus be saying during this? time. I don't think he would be saying, oh, they're just doing uh, such a disservice in this way, and oh, this was the wrong decision, and this was the wrong decision. I think instead of having a conversation like that, his conversation and what he talked about would be about hope. It would be about, you know what, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I, I, I have come to provide for these needs. I have come to give protection. I have come to give you entrance into the kingdom of God and an inheritance that will provide for your every need. I have come to give you life, like he says in the Gospels. And so I believe that is the kind of conversation we should be having, a conversation of hope. And I think as we do this, it's going to win people to God. I think as we talk in a way that is hopeful and talk in a way that is positive, people are going to want to be around that. They're going to say, well, why are you, you know, why are you so positive? You know, don't you have anything to say about this? Yes, I do. Jesus is Lord and he is hope and he is getting us through this. I think it's a great opportunity to win people to the kingdom of God. And so I hope you'll embrace that with us in our church as well. Um, here in just a minute, we're going to kind of switch the, the, the service focus tonight to a time of prayer. You know, I've talked quite a bit up to this point about prayer. And one of the things that I just kind of felt uh, led to speak about tonight in, in this first live stream um, addressing the situation is I think it's important that as we pray you know, we don't put the cart before the horse. I think it's important that as we pray, um, we don't start seeking health or provision for our needs more than we're seeking God. I believe that, you know, we know this, and I just think for myself even, it's good to hear this encouragement again. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. What are all of these things? Well, it's all of those promises, all of those blessings, all of those things that come along with being a child of God, being a part of his kingdom. And so my encouragement to you tonight is this, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You know, there's a a testimony of John G. Lake, an amazing man of God. He was a missionary in Africa during, uh, I think it was the early 1900s. He was over in Africa right at the time that the bubonic plague was, was spreading through there. And he just, he went into the country because God t- 
told him to go and he was in there ministering to people and it was incredible because uh, others came over and they said, well, you know, Pastor Brother Lake, how, how are you not getting this plague? How are you not dying? And he said, well, Romans 8, 2 says, for the law of spirit of life in Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. He was living in faith, living in this spiritual reality that I've been redeemed from the curse. I've been redeemed from the plague and the death and the sickness. And so he had faith to go and do this. I will say though, he didn't go over there just to prove that point. He went there to minister to people. And because he was there to do that, I mean, he wasn't just out, you know, hanging off the side of the ship for no reason. He was there to minister the gospel and, and to preach to people. And so because of that, and because of his faith in the law of the spirit of life, he was protected. Um, what I did want to say about this is, if you look at John G. Lake's life, this instance where he went and, and they put uh, one of these, these like cells of that virus on his skin and they looked at it on, under a microscope and it just, it hit his skin and it died immediately. I mean, that, that's the power of God, the kind that kills cells that are, are foreign and, and of death. I mean, what a great God we serve. That was not John G. Lake's first time praying or talking to God. And also, I don't believe that John G. Lake's main priority in that time was, I gotta get healthy. You know, as I look at his life and his example, he was all about seeking God, all about getting direction from God. And, and I think that's where his priority was. You know, the health, the provision, all of these things that he would have had faith for, I believe they were secondary to John G. Lake seeking the kingdom of God. And so during this time, one of my encouragements to you as your pastor is seek ye first the kingdom. Seek God. Don't, don't get so wrapped up in, in praying for health or provision. I'm not saying don't. Please do pray for those things. P please um, believe in the promises of God. He's promised them because he wants us to receive them. But keep on seeking God first. Use this as an opportunity. If you have more time than you used to have, or you've got more time maybe with your family and your kids than you used to have, use it as an opportunity to seek God first. And I believe that as we do that, as we pray together, as we believe together in faith and live in wisdom, as we have these conversations and, and we speak with grace and with this attractive um, speech, I believe that God's going to do great things in our city, great things in our church, great things in our nation. I believe that as we seek God and his kingdom first, all these things will be added to us, just like it says in Matthew 6, verse 33. Tonight, I want to give you just a couple of other scriptures to stand on. I'm going to have Miranda come up. She's here with us. On, she's part of the media team. And uh, she's going to pr uh, play something on the piano while we get ready to pray. I want to finish our time out together tonight um, with us just agreeing in prayer. I think this is a timely and a good thing for us all to do. So if you would, please, as I share these scriptures, either write them down or be meditating on them throughout this week and throughout this time. And um, just stand on these in agreement and, and continue to pray in this way. We will agree together as a body, agree together as a church on these words that are the word of God. James 5 verse 14 through 16 says this, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess uh, your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. 
Man, if you've been following along with our Sunday morning services, you know that we are righteous because of Jesus Christ. So as we pray, as the righteous people pray, I believe that there will be an effective and, and actionable, a responsive, powerful prayer that heals the sick. I mean, what an amazing testimony of God. Now there are, there are people that are getting sick and we have an opportunity here to pray over those, those people and let God's power work. I have faith that the word is true and that this prayer, believing that our God is a healer, will cause the sick to be healed. 1 John 5, verse 14 through 15 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. You know, this is talking once again about that heritage that we've received coming into God's kingdom. He has provided for us that prayer of supplication, the ask, saying, God, I know you have the supply right now. I'm asking you for that supply that I need. Well, we have a confidence in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and we'll receive it. Well, I'll tell you what, it's God's will for you to be healthy. It's God's will for you to be provided for. It's God's will for you to be an attractive, gracious light that the world looks to for hope. I believe that we can be those people that have confidence in receiving what God has promised. Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13 says this, In this manner, therefore, pray. O Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Now I, I could preach, I could have preached all night just about this prayer that Jesus gave us as, as an example of how to pray. We pray to the Father. We exalt him as being the great one, the creator of all omniscient, omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, omnipresent God. This is who he is. This is who we believe he is. Your kingdom come, God. This is a, a declaration and an ask, Lord, bring your kingdom here. Bring it through us. Bring it through our church. Bring it through me. Let your kingdom come to this place. God, we pray tonight, let your kingdom come to Jefferson, Iowa. Let your kingdom come to every home where one of our people are watching tonight, praying tonight, believing tonight, Lord, where your people are, I pray your kingdom would come there. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, let us tonight be doers of your will. Let your will come through us. We are submitted. We consecrate ourselves to you tonight, seeking your will so that we may do it. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he prays this prayer of supplication. He prays a prayer of supply. He says, give us our day, this daily bread. Give us what we need for today, Lord. To not only just make it and just survive, but give us what we need, Lord, to bring your kingdom to earth. I believe today that God has a provision, a supply available that we might need. Lord, we receive that supply tonight. Whatever we need, Lord, I pray that we would receive it. You on the other end watching tonight, listening tonight, I pray that you would ask God. I ask you, ask him. Say, Lord, this is what I need. I know you're faithful. I know you have it. I'm asking for it and I receive it in the name of Jesus. I have a confidence that it is coming in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We have been delivered from the evil one. We have been delivered from the enemy and every attack, every plan, every weapon that he would have tried to bring against us. I believe that tonight. Lord, I thank you that I am protected. I thank you that we have victory over the enemy. That no name is above the name of Jesus. And as it, we pray in his name and stand in faith in his name, we are protected. We have the victory. Hallelujah. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen to that. You know, a few other things. We mentioned these on Sunday, but if you're, you're seeking scriptures to be standing on during this time, Psalm 91 is a, a verse you can pray out. It's a promise of God's protection for you. James 1.5 referenced earlier is, is a word about God bringing wisdom. He will give you the wisdom you need to live that wise life we discussed tonight. And in 1 Timothy 2, 1-3, we have instruction to pray for those in authority, those in leadership, the government, uh, the president, governors, local leaders, these people that have to make decisions right now and use their authority right now. Would you agree with me that they will have the wisdom and have the leading and know what the right decisions to make would be, that they would be protected and healthy and strong and of sound mind while they make these choices? It's something worth praying about and agreeing for God to step in and have his hand in that situation. You know, my, I guess my final thoughts as we're wrapping up tonight are this. Um, as we sign off here, we're getting off a little bit earlier than we normally would on a Wednesday. I'm going to be closing up here in just a minute or so. What I would ask you all to do with your family, with your spouse, or even if it's just you um, watching right now, I ask that you would take the next 10 minutes. Just take 10 minutes or more if, if, if you have more and, and would give more time to prayer. Take the next few minutes and pray. Pray as a family. Pray for your family. Agree as a family. Agree with your kids. Agree with your spouse. Pray these things we've discussed tonight and believe that God is providing for your family in this time. Pray those promises that we find in Christ, those things that are a heritage, like the Word says for us. Continue praying for wisdom so that you can live a wise life, so that you can make the right decisions for you and your family during this time. And pray that this season, I, I love this point. This, this is like one of the most favorite things I have to pray about right now. Pray that this season would be a time of revival and awakening for our world. That it would begin to see that it needs a Savior. That doing it on our own, doing it with the wisdom of mankind alone does not work. I mean, if, if we've seen nothing else this last week, that's been it. That the wisdom and knowledge of mankind in and of itself isn't enough. We, we, we are not God. Amen. And I pray that our world would begin to see that. That those people who have amplified ourselves up to the status of, of being a creator, of being our own God, that they would see the error in that way. That, that that darkness would be exposed by the light and the hope and the righteousness that we can bring into the world right now. I pray, Lord, that you would show people who you are, that you, Jesus, are the answer 
to the problems we face right now, to, to problems of health, to problems of supply, to problems of internal things that maybe we can't even explain right now or, or give a name to right now, Lord. We know that he is the answer. And so, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself as that answer in a real way. I pray for revival to fall in Jefferson, Iowa. I pray for revival to fall in Iowa, in this country, Lord, and in our world. Lord, I pray for an awakening of those who have heard your word, that that incorruptible seed would come to fruition in this time, that there would be a great harvest, that people are ready, your laborers are ready, Lord. We are ready to go into the field and harvest that which you have grown and you have made ready for this harvest. Lord, I pray that this would not be a time of oppression, but an opportunity for the kingdom of God and your light to be shown to this world, that people would come to know you and glorify your name, Jesus. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as we close this stream tonight, I ask you to pray. You, your family, your spouse, whoever is with you right now, pray together. Stand on God's promises. Believe what the Word says is a final authority. And I believe that we will see God's power in action in our lives for today. Do you believe that with me? If you do, just say amen wherever you're at. Amen. Well, take care of yourself. Pray continually. Use this as an opportunity to pray and see God work. Live that wise life and let your conversations be attractive and gracious. Be the church, be the light, be blessed, and be a blessing. Have a wonderful night. Bye.